hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I brilliant. think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is episode 44. And ladies and gentlemen, the last episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech for 2011, of course. Stephen Fennick, g'day. How are you going, mate? <laughs> Hope you had a Merry Christmas. I didn't want to freak people out, but it is the last episode for this year. It Obviously, is. It's you the know, last time we're doing this in 2011. 2012. 2012 will be a big year, and we'll do it all thanks to Trend Micro and Netgear, good and proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got a couple of things we'll talk about happening in the news, and then we'll talk about the ups and downs of 2011. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we mentioned last week that uh, both Stephen and I will be at CES in Las Vegas, the Consumer Electronics Show, in the second week of January. Now, um, we'll bring Very you all, the, all the news, trailer. all the news as it happens over there. We'll, we'll bring you as many podcasts and whatever we can as we do, and Stephen will bring you all that at techguide.com.au. Um, but a couple of things have already come out, and this is not unusual, but um, a couple of, and they're both TV-related, which I guess does give us a hint to where the whole show is going to go, but... First one is uh, Samsung suggesting the next evolution of smart TV will be there, which is kind of obvious. And and the ne- the other one was LG announcing that their their OLED, the the thin, super thin television would be would be shown at fifty five inches, mate. Unbelievable, yeah. Well, uh, it's interesting that the two big Korean companies are flexing a bit of muscle before the Consumer Electronics Show. They're the two uh, companies that usually sort of jostle for the major announcements at the show. Samsung always have a big presence there, as do LG. Samsung really led the way last year with their smart TV announcements and and their whole sort of – that sort of set the tone then for CES uh, earlier this year. LG, uh, they're not going to be left behind. OLED is a really exciting technology. We've seen it before. it's very expensive technology, though. In 2008, Sony introduced an 11-inch OLED display mm. that was about the same price as a 50-inch plasma at the time. So let's hope that LG have not only developed the technology but also found a way to make it a lot cheaper uh, for consumers to access. And I'd suggest that this OLED that uh, LG are going to be showing off, OLED, by the way, short for organic light-emitting diode. It creates its own backlight when when you run a current through the material. So that's why the pa- the panel is so thin. It's only five millimetres thin. Uh, and I'd say LG, Sony, all the majors will have OLED displays at CES. And look, the interesting thing about this is, and the reason these kind of things are announced to, for people that, that might be interested is, this is, people are trying to find what is the thing they're going to show. You know, what, what's going to happen? What's going to be shown on TV? What's going to be shown on website? They need a product. They need a, something to hinge it all to. So you can imagine the number of people will be standing side on to this 5 mil TV and that's going to be the, the thing that people see but we'll bring you everything from CES we'll walk the show floor we'll go to a whole stack of announcements and we'll bring you all that as the new year progresses Two Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick
Now, Mr. Jerry Harvey has been in the news a fair bit this year, and uh, he's actually made the headlines yet again with an announcement that he's going to set up a new GST-free site for people to buy computer games. Now, this is a, a, a unusual move, I think. I think we, we all know that online is sort of where Harvey Norman's kind of their Achilles oh, yeah. heel at the moment. Uh, a lot of other companies have embraced online. Harvey Norman seems to have sort of been playing catch up here, but they've they've opened Harvey Norman Direct Import dot com just for gaming, which I think is an unusual start for for Harvey Norman. Mm. What it basically is, they're going to import the games from Harvey Norman in Ireland of all places, minus the GST. So it it becomes up to thirty five dollars cheaper than your average game stores, and mm. it's also going to be competing not only against other game stores but also against the bricks and mortar Harvey Norman stores themselves. And it's interesting, there's been some good analysis by some of the big gaming sites of this. Uh, it turns out this is not ri- ridiculously cheap. It's it's on par in most cases. Uh, sometimes not as good, sometimes a little better in terms of pricing. Remember everyone, you've still got to wait days, if not weeks for the thing to arrive, so it's still possibly better yeah. to walk down the local store and pick it up. And Go you're to right, Big mate. W or Kmart, they're, they're selling com- games cheaper too. And you're right, th- this is an interesting first play. And you know why, and I'm going to I'm going to I'll speculate, but I think Jerry Harvey has launched with games because he could care less. I don't I think he has such a relationship with the games companies that they just want to be in his stores, no big deal. But he can't afford to alienate a Canon or a Nikon and do cameras. He can't afford to alienate a Samsung, a Sony or an LG by doing TVs because if he was to walk away or slap the face of the local distributors of those big companies, that might not be as easy for him to deal with. And I think yeah, he needs to analyse that first. So, But another thing, too, to remember, too, is that the Harvey Norman model is all about the franchisees, the franchises oh, yeah. of the store. So yep. every store has its own franchisee. So I think that's probably a reason why the online hasn't panned out as well, because who, which franchisee owns online? Uh, it's a sort of bit of a complicated little puzzle they've got there. But uh, interesting choice for computer games. I thought they would have gone electrical to take on Kogan and the like. Hmm. But uh, I'd say, they, he did hint, though, that there were other goods will also become available online in the very near future. So I reckon 2012 is going to be some interesting online activity from Mr. Jerry Harvey. There's no doubt, and uh, we'll keep you up to date with that. Two Blokes Talking Tech throughout 2012. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, the rest of the, uh, the podcast will dedicate to looking back at 2011. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. <laughs> And we do it thanks to the good people at Trend Micro. Netgear, as I mentioned, Netgear, connecting with innovation, providing you with end-to-end solutions in your home or small business for connecting to the internet or connecting your network devices. Now, very quickly and simply, the point here is that from every point in the house when your phone line hits the wall and you want the internet to be distributed, Netgear can help you with every product. They can help you with the modem that dials the internet and gets you online. They can help you with a router that distributes that internet to multiple devices. And whether it's wired and plugged into that router or via Wi-Fi, wireless internet in your home, uh, whether it's tablets, TVs, doesn't matter what it is, connecting devices to the internet is what Netgear do. And you can find out more about Netgear at netgear.com.au. Read all about their great products and the different ranges of things they have at netgear.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, pretty hard to, to look back at 2011 and not talk about the year of the tablet. Now, um, to be clear, there's a great... You've, you've written a great uh, article at techguide.com today. You're looking back at the year, uh, 2011, and we'll, we'll talk about most of those things tonight. But, Stephen, obviously, 
the iPad 2 was launched, and, and more importantly, a, a large number of other tablet devices which really have done nothing uh, broadly to, to change the market. But it is the year where everyone's talking about tablets. I think that's the important thing. Absolutely, yeah. It's become more an accepted consumer device. The consumers, they know what it means. They know what it does. But I think Apple obviously kicked, got, got the ball rolling in 2010 with the original iPad. Uh, that created this massive interest in the whole form factor. I think the rest of 2011 and to, uh, 2010 and now 2011, other companies have been playing catch-up releasing their own products all the major companies Motorola Samsung Sony you name it all the big companies are out there but what what ends up happening though early 2011 Apple releases the iPad 2 less mm. than a year after the original iPad and they kind of kick away from the competition yet again uh, so it's now become sort of balls in everyone else's court obviously Android plays a big part here lot, 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 running on many other tablets um, well, nearly every other tablet apart from the iPad itself and select Windows tablets also so the fact that we're talking about it now and that consumers are so uh, familiar with the technology, there would have been a few bored at Christmas time, is a big sign of things to come. And I think the, the, the way people can gauge that for themselves is to look around their, their personal sphere. At Christmas Day at my outlaw's place, and you know, we had a bit of the family around, I think there were six iPads, different people, not given on the day. There was one given on the day, but people with, with, with iPads there was not a single person with an Android tablet. And if you think about the, the big devices like the Lenovo tablet, um, the Sony tablet, you don't see a lot of them in the street. So this is the this is the big thing, the big leap that's got to happen for everyone else to compete. Um, the year of the tablet, I think, will continue in 2012. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we can't really do a summary of technology in 2011 without mentioning Apple. Now, mm. they've had a huge year uh, in terms of products, releases, uh, new new, new uh, in, in innovative uh, features on their products, but also, you know, Lion, new software for the iPhone. But also, sadly, it was the year that uh, Steve Jobs uh, passed away. Uh, he uh, lost his battle with cancer. Mm. Uh, so it was a bit of an up and down year. I titled that uh, section in my story on Tech Guide as a great year and also a sad year. So yeah. obviously the iPad 2 was a huge launch earlier in the year, followed by the iPhone 4S. We had iCloud, uh, Lion, and iOS 5. So a huge year for Apple, but yet tinged with sadness on the passing of Steve Jobs. I think that's absolutely right. And the other thing, obviously, that that, that um, did dominate a little bit after, the frankly, the passing of Steve Jobs and not for any other reason than timing was the the lawsuits that that, that have gone on, um, you know, against Samsung and, and they're happening all around the world in terms of patents and things. I think Apple would look back on 2011 with not only obviously the sadness of, of the loss loss of Steve Jobs, but I think the, the the strategy around the legal thing would probably be in the long term look back as being a negative thing and probably not the best thing for the brand in terms of what they do. You know, the number of times that people I had a bloke today, uh, Simon Canning from the Australian newspaper, mentioned today on Twitter that you know his son had a faulty iPod, took it into Apple, it was replaced within ten minutes, it was unbelievable, and he was mm. quite blown away by that. And I think that's the kind of thing that Apple want people to remember them for, Absolutely, not for yes. lawsuits. So. But the thing, too, to remember is like with, with the passing of Steve Jobs, obviously Tim Cook is now the new CEO, and yeah. people are just concerned that, you know, what does the future hold for Apple? I, I think from from what I'm hearing, he's, Steve Jobs uh, probably left a, a roadmap that's going to be followed for the next 10 to 15 years. Mm. But I think the pressure is really going to be on the company to prove that they're, you know, they're not a one-man team, that mm. they can still put out these amazing products that people literally camp overnight to buy. So 2012, I think, is going to be a very interesting 
interesting year for our uh, friends at Apple. And everything we're hearing, as we've said before, is that uh, that will begin early in uh, possibly, possibly February, March, with uh, the next evolution of the iPad. And it is all kind of linking together here, mate, as we reflect on 2011, but we've already mentioned tablets and Android, and I think... It, I actually think Android is a big story of 2011. Android has Absolutely. been around for years now, but this is the year it really did hit mainstream. And I'm not just talking about market penetration and, and sales. I'm talking about just general acceptance of there's this other thing. You know, people can now easily refer to uh, Apple and Android as if we did the PC and the Mac of years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that makes it easy for people to be sold and, and discuss things like smartphones and tablets. So I think... No, Android didn't dominate the year, even though they did in terms of sales and market numbers. I don't think that matters. I think it's individual devices that matter head-to-head. But I think they've really... This is the year where they've gone, we've got our stuff together, and 2012, they can take it now and go ice cream sandwich, whatever you want to call it, version 4. Let's get this rolled out. Let's get some cracker devices out there. Um, yeah. that, that's what makes it the year of year of Android for me. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, if you had to ask people uh, at the beginning of 2010 what's Android, they would have said it was a hu- humanoid-looking lo- <laughs> robot. But yeah. uh, now, I think at the end of 2011, they know that it's now a smartphone and tablet operating system. Such is the growth of Android. And it's all thanks to its acceptance, though, by you look at the companies that are using it, oh, Samsung, yeah. Sony Ericsson, HTC, you know, all these major companies, Motorola, uh, they're all running with Android. Uh, it, it has become just like the PC world where Windows was taking on on, on the Mac. Uh, I think we're seeing it again where Android is taking on not only iOS and iPhone, but also Windows Phone 7, BlackBerry. Uh, it's quite a crowded field there in the smartphone market. But I think we should also talk about sort of the how the smartphone's been embraced. And it's all mm. thanks to the rise of Android too. But smartphones, I think Australians, 46% of mobile users now use a smartphone. Yeah. So it just goes to show that the growth in that device is huge. It's all thanks to not only excellent devices, but all these great new apps uh, and all these uses and browsing the web on this mobile device is easier than ever. I think uh, the Android can take as much credit for the rise of uh, the smartphone as anyone. And I think that that to me is the, the second part of it. As you said, the smartphone itself is something you look back on. And and when you look at 2011 and you say, in, even in 2010, there were some beautiful phones. There were some great phones when the iPhone stood above them all. This year, though, any realistic person who's not looking at certain things like apps and stuff but just looking at devices generally would look this year at the iPhone the Samsung Galaxy S2 the Sony Xperia Arc, the Motorola Razr, you know the list does go on nicely, it's not just one or two devices. So the Galaxy Nexus more it, recently, it, yeah that's a great, a good phone too. There is some really stunning devices out there which mean you can stand in front of a table of devices at a Telstra, Optus, Vodafone Store, whatever it is and go wow this is um, this is a choice now so I think that's the killer for um, for smartphones. That's what's going to make it work. And again, by God, 2012 is looking exciting. If we can think of those devices that we've just mentioned and the next evolution thereof, um, it's very exciting in, in 2012, but certainly looking back on 2011, uh, an exciting year for Android and smartphones broadly.
Now, at the top of the show, we mentioned CES and the importance of all, you know, the, all the things we're going to be seeing, all the new TVs and all the announcements. Now, I'm going to cast out everyone's minds back to 2010 CES, mm-hmm. where 3D was the flavor of the show, was <laughs> the theme. Of the show. You, you couldn't walk three feet without hitting a 3D TV yeah. on the floor. Now, 3D had a huge 2010, kind of dropped off in the TV space in 2011, not as much content. Everyone had these 3D TVs and really had nothing to watch on them but 3d developed in other areas and it developed in the palm of your hand with nintendo uh, and some smartphone manufacturers embracing the technology now nintendo's kicked off the year with the 3ds which was allowed this glassless 3d effect uh, so you can play your games and enjoy this this the more depth into the game nothing really popped out of the screen but it sort of gave a lot of depth Uh, and they, they, they saw some success although they were competing pretty heavily against the ipod touch and did have to cut their price uh to to sort of get a bit more to, to mm. jumpstart sales but also we saw and you and I were at the same demo with the LG they had their 3D Optimus and HTC also followed up with also with another 3D, 3D handheld phone, yeah. device now I don't know what that says about 2012 but I think 3D is kind of creeping back in I think we're going to see a lot more next year well, you know, I you know I disagree in terms of 3D's <laughs> general acceptance, but um, I think we'll continue to see 3D, obviously, because there's this kind of long-term you know plan for content and all those kind of things. But I just think, in terms of technology, this is a really exciting thing that you can hold a phone. I'm, I'm I've got still the the HTC, I'm just holding it now. The the 3D screen that you, you don't need glasses for it's not um it's not brilliant let's not kid ourselves but it is amazing it's 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 really an evolution that allows you to look at this and go wow where is this going next and and it, it's a new way of looking at and and being immersed in a, in a device like this I like so, how you can create your own 3D stuff with it though. that's and right the, the yeah. DS does the same thing you take your own photos and videos and in 3D I think that's exciting well it's the point of that is it gives people who bought these bloody big 3D TVs the ability to do something with them so. That's that's what's exciting, and, and I think if we can see another just tiny evolution of that through 2012, um, that, that'll make for some exciting announcements. Uh, 3D, the 3D evolution, and, and not revolution, but the revolution probably came a couple of years ago, but as you say, 2010, 2011, and what will we see in 2012? Only time will tell. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech is also brought to you by our good friends at Trend Micro. Now, if you're a parent in this modern age and you've got children, it's very hard to know what they're up to online. Trend Micro has got a product called the Online Guardian, which allows parents to monitor what their children are doing online, who they're interacting with, what sort of information they're sharing. Uh, The Online Guardian provides you with an easy suite of tools to keep your kids safe whenever they go online. It lets you monitor all your children's activities, whether it be social networking websites, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can see who they're talking to, who they're interacting with, and what they're watching. So you can see what your kids are viewing and posting on these sites. You can also set up filters as well, so filters for adult and other inappropriate content. You can even block certain websites and even monitor search terms. That You can even set up alerts where it will tell you if your child is trying to give out their mobile number or your address. So it really provides that online safety for your kids. You can get it. It's available now at Harvey Norman, Bing Lee, JB Hi-Fi, Officeworks, Leading Edge Computers, and all other authorised resellers. For more information, though, visit trendmicro.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
Now, if there's one company that can probably look back on 2011 and probably it's more of a forgettable year, I think it'd be hmm. Sony. Yeah. Now, they, they started the year off pretty poorly uh, and it wasn't their own fault. A natural disaster is something that you very hard to predict, but the Japanese earthquake back in March really, really knocked the, the company down. It, it closed down some of their manufacturing plants. Uh, you know, a lot of employees were, were displaced uh, and you know that, that obviously set their manufacturing schedule behind. But to make matters even worse, a month later, the PlayStation Network was hacked mm. and more than 75 million accounts were compromised. And I'm talking not just the, the account name, but also credit card information, passwords. These sort of things were a company of Sony's size. It was quite embarrassing. And the network was down and it affected me deeply because I play <laughs> online every night. I'm a Call of Duty fan. Every night I play on my PlayStation the network was down for nearly a month. That's just ridiculous. I mean, the, the, there's a couple of things that, that, that came out of that. And the, the, the number one thing is how on earth do you, does that happen? You know, um, every company then had to start taking a good hard look at themselves. And, then, you know, there's some serious hacking going on in the world at the moment just to prove points more than anything. But, you know, that that sheer number is, you know, something like a million Australians were affected. And when, when you think about that number of people, and, yeah, not all of them had credit card details there, but it's still, a, it's still an invasion of your privacy. And so there's a loss of trust with a network like that. And I think that's the problem for Sony is long term the loss of trust they may have had with a large number of those consumers. And, yep. you know, you can only imagine that even today there's still some internal inquiries, investigations, changes, yeah. evolutions going on. But, look, they've, they'll move on. In 2012 but, will, will be better for them. You know, there's a lot of things going on, like the, the, the move from Sony Ericsson being Sony. So the whole company, the whole global brand is going to continue to grow for them. Um, yeah. They're, they're a massive credit, company. Can I just add, though, to their credit, when that network did come back online and mm. they, they didn't rush it, they wanted to really do it properly so it would never happen again. Mm. They offered everyone a welcome pack. So it, people got, got free stuff, basically, to say Sony's way of saying sorry. So yeah. the, the, the network's been running running perfectly ever since. It's also We're also looking forward to the new PlayStation Vita, the new portable gaming console, which will be out in February. Mm. So hopefully we'll get our hands on that at CES, Trevor. So I'm excited oh, yeah. about that one. You, uh, you would be, you tragic gamer, you. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know anyone in the world... That was more affected than you. I mean, seriously, oh, to be to be without your online mate. gaming, fair income. Just uh, it's like you know. My rem- wife, my wife was never used to seeing me so I often gonna, during that month. I was going to say, what you had to work out what to talk about. <laughs> my God, hope you're keeping notes now of things to talk about next next time the network goes down. Uh, Sony's woes and Stephen Fennick's woes. Another thing to look back on for 2011. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. Now, look, we've talked already about smart TV, where it's going, where it's been, and the kind of general theme there. But 2011 is is an important year for smart TV, and I don't want to be negative entirely. I think it's important to look back on this year as being a year that it did evolve. I mean, 2010, we had smart TVs, but 2011, it got a little bit better and a little bit easier, and certainly, it's just more prolific. They are everywhere in terms of the smarts that are in TVs. The problem is... Um, you know, I look back on it and I say, when HD first started coming out, we had the problem of what is it HD or full HD? I think we need Stephen some sort of IQ system. You know, I think we need to know that if Just you're buying how smart is this smart TV? Yeah, if you're yeah. buying a little smart set top box from Kogan, it's it's a, it's probably a forty IQ. If that's you're buying smart TV light, yeah, that, smart that's, TV light exactly. That's an IQ of forty, which is which is good. It's still smart. 
But a, but a Samsung, that's a smart TV. You know, you're talking in the hundreds here. This well, is a when you, when you talk about downloading apps for your TV, you know that you got a smart TV. I well, think that's uh, exactly and, and accessing content, of course. You well, know, that's the other part of when, it. When when you can have a screen that's split between Twitter and and your TV, that's smart. But the question for me, there's two things that need to happen with smart TV. Which, frankly, if they're not at CES, it's a it's a massive massive fail on the part of these companies because if I can see it, how the hell can't they? The user interface is the biggest problem. It's 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 okay on all of them, but it's nothing compared to what, well, let's, just, let's not kid ourselves, what Apple are doing. And, and if we're going to talk about 2012, well, there's obviously the big thought and rumor that, that they're going to do a smart TV as well. If Apple do a smart TV, it will smash everyone else because it will work. It will yes. just work and it will well, be easy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, you, you're on the money there with Apple. I think if they that, that'll set the cat amongst the pigeons if they actually release a smart TV, mm. as the rumours are suggesting, and that it was actually alluded to in Steve Jobs' biography yes. that he really wanted to get a connected TV. Yeah. But I think what we're going to see in 2012, and this is probably the what we mentioned that Samsung were alluding to the future of their smart TV, it's how that TV is used within your own network. I mm. think it's going to become a way of sh- making it easy to share your own content within your own network so not only obviously your tv is now a connected device it's no longer just an idiot box it can connect to stuff you can download content apps you can use facebook browse the web but i think your own content that you create and that that exists on other devices in your home is all going to be i think the tvs become become a more central device rather than a peripheral device in the home network next year it's exciting uh that it'll be difficult for for consumers to understand what the heck they're doing and what the hell they're buying but 2012 is, is going to be another year of the smart TV. Now, we've already spoken about how things like tablets, Android operating system have become kind of accepted by the consumer. I think there's one other thing we can add to that list, and that's the cloud. Mm. Uh, I think before this year, people thought the cloud was just those big white things sort of floating around the sky. But I think (laughs) we've become more familiar now that the cloud actually refers to online storage, online services. uh, And Apple, of course, launched launched their version of iCloud. There are several others. Microsoft have got a version. Google's had their Mm. cloud storage services. I think it's becoming more an accepted thing now where rather than we have to connect things with cables to get access our own content, Mm. uh, it's becoming a lot easier. And in Apple's case, with all their iDevices, the iPhone, the iPad, their Macs, the iPod Touch, now if you have content on one product, you can easily, it's a lot easier now to get that content and share it on your other products. Yeah, and I think that's that's what people need to understand. That's, again, what Apple have done right is they've tried to simplify it and dumb it down by saying, it's simply about storing it and having it available on multiple devices. So it is difficult to sell backup to the cloud and all those different things. But when uh, when my mother-in-law download, opened up her new iPad on Christmas Day and she said, do I need it to connect to the computer? I said, no, no longer do you need to do that. You just simply type in your details and it, it knows who you are. It downloads your information and bingo, there are all your that songs. Yep. It's, a, it's a very important thing to have happen. So the, the iCloud... Um, as much as we always often sound like Apple fanboys, the point here is Apple do it best, you see. And if you're going to do things well, you've got to do it best. And Apple have introduced a thing called the iCloud, which is a little and easier to explain. The products to back it up too. The yeah, suite exactly. of products that can work very nicely with it. But, you know, there's, um, you're a big Google, you use Google Docs. Oh, absolutely. You're a big Google Cloud man yourself. So uh, Apple aren't the first into into this area yeah. and, and certainly won't be the last. But we're, it's just another example of this thing becoming now a part of our daily lives where a year ago 
nobody knew what the cloud was. Absolutely. So uh, another big big step forward and, and many more big steps to come. The cloud in 2011. <laughs> Mate, I thought we'd wrap up with one thing that I think is very exciting, um, and I think it's gaming. Now, there is so much that happened here, and I'll get all your thoughts, but for me, the big thing this year is Xbox Connect. Now, I know it isn't new this year. It's not 100% 2011, but really, Xbox Connect came into its own this year because, A, it was just so much easier to to adopt, and obviously it was global too, but even the last part of the year is where it stepped up because you've now got voice control, you've got on-demand content, you've got the ABC and SBS in Australia. You can kind of see the future. If you sit in your lounge room and watch your child play Xbox Connect... And, and really engage and get in, get immersed in a game without any controller or any fear or favour, just enjoyment. And then to be able to sit there and talk to your, your, your TV, essentially, and tell it what you want, when you want it, and how you want it, it really does give you an insight into, into the future. And it shows there's two things here, the technology that gaming is leading the way with, and secondly, how this is uh, this is the next evolution of the way we control and we in- integrate with our devices. Absolutely right, yeah. The Connect has really given us a glimpse into the future. Obviously, the Wii sort of introduced the motion-sensitive controllers a few years back. Uh, Connect has really brought it the next step with, by doing away with the actual controller. Sony have got the Move, which is also a pretty effective way of uh, engaging, uh, interacting with different games. They've, they've, they've uh, enabled that on a few high-profile games as well. Uh, 3D has also been introduced into gaming but the movement what I like about the whole the ga- gaming sort of follows certain trends where a couple of years ago I mean, we saw there was a lot of band sort of band guitar hero mm, rock mm. band you're playing instruments uh, singing along with a song now the sort of the, the it's shifted to the dance uh, craze now where you because there's yep. things like connect and move you now dance along to your favourite songs as well so you can see how our interaction with these titles and God knows what you know 2012 is going to bring the imagination of these developers that really no no limit where, where you've got this kind of technology at their disposal but um, you know gaming's had a massive year this year I don't think we should we could really mention gaming in 2011 without mentioning certain titles I think yeah. Modern Warfare 3 again set amazing records uh, Call of Duty it, it, it was achieved a billion dollars in sales in just 16 mm. days it took Avatar the biggest movie Hollywood ever produced 17 days to make a billion dollars so it just goes to show the size of the fan base and the, the love for this game Uncharted 3, also another big title, Battlefield 3, Skyrim, Dead Space 2, the list goes on. Uh, We're going to see, and in 2012, we're going to see not only more of those types of games, but interestingly, they're going to also utilise this new technology to make them even better. And, and you know, you've got the gaming evolution in terms of the software titles. You've got the hardware evolution, which will lead the way. You will see connectish style devices coming into all other oh, yeah. forms of technology. This is a really important thing for gaming to be to be leading the way that way. So I, I, think, it's, um, I think it's really important. And it was a massive year. Probably of all the things we've talked about, they're all kind of evolutionary, you know, moving around different bits and pieces from last year into next year. I think this has been a really, really big year for gaming. And it's, uh, it's kudos to all the gaming developers and gamers companies about that so um that that's that's 2011 from us you're listening to two blokes talking tech mate 
thank you to Trend Micro and Netgear for their support of the program. But, mate, thank you to you for uh, 44 wonderful shows in 2011. And uh, let's uh, let's look forward to 52 or more in uh, in 2012, mate. Absolutely. Likewise, Trevor, our idea to produce a te- te- our tech podcast together, I think, has been a huge success. It's something I've really enjoyed uh, doing with you. And I hope all our listeners have enjoyed listening to as well. We hope they've uh, enjoyed this journey. We've taken them on in 2011. And we hope that they buy their ticket for 2011. 2012 and join us for that ride as well we're going to be at ces kicking off the year which is very exciting i'll show you around trevor i've been to a few ces's so <laughs> i'll be able to show you the ropes there mate but uh thanks again for a great year can't wait uh, 2012 bring it on thank you to everyone for their support and uh and the great email send your emails you can uh, catch us at two blokes talking tech uh you can download the podcast as you hopefully have already at itunes and do just go into itunes give us a rating and a, and a comment some feedback it's always wonderful and importantly you can find anything i do at yourtechlife.com my weekly podcast talking technology with people and uh talk back technology and you can also read everything about technology at techguide.com.au thank you Stephen. talk to you next week thanks mate thanks talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.